Should I shut the window? Yeah, I'm probably going to say cup. Shut the window. Yeah. Just so you hear those slicks. Yeah, it's a little slickery out. It's alright. Alright. Would, would it be cool if we did like a cold open bit before... A cold open the, before, bit? Before the intro? What, what a cold open bit? I don't know. It's this, I think. I've been recording the whole time. Even uh, me shutting the window? Like, yeah. I think the bit will be us talking about doing a bit. Unless you have something prepared. Welcome to the Gecko Podcast! <laughs> Roll that intro! Yeah, welcome to the Gecko Cast. Play the intro. Uh, yeah, this is, so we're here now. Yes. This is the Gecko Games cast. I am Rich Meister. And I am Eric Ortiz. Welcome to... Hungovercast. Welcome to the party. Yeah. Um, a lot's, uh, you know, it's some stuff happened in the week, yeah. I got some, some stuff happened. I, some every week I always, I always pray that just stuff happens. Something happens. Oh, because when things happen, I'm just like, yeah, there's, there's good some, material for something. Compared to if it's like Friday... And I'm looking around, and I'm like, boy, not a lot really. Not a lot here. going on here. I'm like, what, are we gonna, what the hell are we going to do? But Let's hop right in. Yeah, uh, let's go. You played some stuff? I did. Um, Talk about it. Yeah, so I played Mortal Kombat 11, just some more of it. So I was doing this thing where I just don't play games ever. Naturally. And, um, yeah, it was funny at first, but then it started getting a little concerning. So I finally kind of dove into Combat 11. Uh, just the story. I think I'm on, like, I don't know, I think there's... 15 acts or story chapters, I don't know. <coughs> I believe on, that's correct. I'm on five. The end goes through some weird places. Yeah, I'm on five right now, and it, it's, it's pretty wack. It's pretty wack. Um, Raiden's consulting with the, the Elder Gods, as, as he, he always does. does. Yeah, I was actually wondering, somebody had to have made a compilation of just Raiden every time he consults with the Elder Gods. I must consult with the Elder Gods. Because, uh, you know, if they don't, I'll, I'll freaking make it. I don't even care. Because it's like a meme at this point every time I watch it. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay, never mind. Yeah, somebody did uh, yeah. create videos. But anyways, Raiden um, consults with the Elder Gods. Yeah, like, like in every other cutscene that I see Raiden in, he's always consulting with the Elder Gods, and I'm like, geez. Which is funnier in this game in particular, because like his consulting with the Elder Gods in prospect to the story of Mortal Kombat 11 is them being like, yeah, we got nothing. Yeah, I mean, in 9, because I didn't play 10, but in 9, uh, they barely showed him actually consulting with the Elder Gods, mm-hmm. compared to this one, like they actually show you the Elder Gods. In uh, 9, every time he just walked away and was like, I must consult with the Elder Gods. I'm like, been doing that a lot lately, huh? Uh, I mean, uh, like, every big decision that's I feel like you're really leaving made, us out of the loop on this Elder God situation. Like every big decision he's ever had to make in life, like buying groceries, just living, he has to consult with the Elder Gods. White or rye, I like, must consult with the Elder Gods. Like, it's no wonder why his history has been so fucked. It's just because they, he constantly goes back to bother these guys, and these guys are probably like, give Jesus us a break, Christ. man. Jesus Christ. But... It's a great game, though. The graphics are great. I'm so glad. I didn't even consider buying this on Switch, but I saw there's little potato quality graphics on the Switch version, so I'm actually It looks really, like a PS2 game, yeah. I mean, I'm really glad that, you know, I bought it on PS4. But it, yeah. it's a good one. Um, but the game that I do want to talk about... I'll let you talk about Days Gone, actually, just to... Get just to get it out of the way? Yeah. Uh, I'll talk about another one after. I'm almost done. I know I've been saying that for three weeks, uh, but I gotta be. Uh, so now I have some new impressions on this game. Uh, I'm still... Like, ill of the mindset that it's a very middling game. It's too fucking long. I feel like further and further you go with this every week, it's, yeah. it's a descent into it's madness. It's too fucking long. It feels like two separate games, both tonally and just, like, narratively. Because um, I guess I'll give you fucking slight spoilers for Days Gone, so tune out for, like, skip, like, two minutes ahead if you don't want to hear this. Um... At, like, ha- a halfway point through the story, I noticed that the map was, like, way bigger than I realized. Like, there was a whole southern region. Uh-huh. And the whole, like, subplot with Deacon's dead wife, like, he gets a lead saying she might actually be alive. She might be in this camp far to the south. Was this a hot tip? So, yeah, a hot, hot tip that? from a scientist. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> thank you, Mr. Scientist. Yeah, you. Uh, so, basically, it's a guy you've been talking with for most of the game, but he okay. gets you this lead about this military camp that she might be at to the south. So you find a way through this mountain pass to go down there, and it's one of those things where they give you, like, hey, you won't be able to come back to the northern region once you do this. So I was like, oh, okay, like, this is going to be the endgame mission. It's not. It just cuts you off from the north part of the map, and there's another map, like, equal in size, and you have to start doing, like, there's new factions and camps, uh, there's new types of freakers, Boy. and, like, I'm like, when is this game going to fucking end? I'm actually surprised that of all the complaints that there could be, it's just, it's too long. It It's not even that it's, like, it's too long, it's just, it feels unnecessarily long, uh, like it's overstayed its welcome, 
like, the, and the thing that's weird to me, and this sounds like a weird complaint to have, is, like, when he goes over that mountain pass, uh-huh. they could have rolled credits, and everything that happened after that, to me, could have been Days Gone too. Well, maybe it's a good thing, though. I, I guess it is a good thing. You know, more game. Mm-hmm. But you even said yourself, it's like an average game, so that just keeps going. Mm-hmm. And then some of the, the writing stuff that I had complaints about actually resolves itself in this back half. Okay. But it's still a problem because most people aren't going to get to the resolution because it takes too long to get there. Uh, I just, if it's a mediocre game and it just takes forever, I don't know, it's exactly, when is this just going to end? Yeah. Just let it go. And I hate having to be like, I just kind of like want to move on and play other stuff. Well, I feel like it's going to be an interesting comparison because, I mean, you played Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah. Did you ever feel that way? Like, when yes. is this going to end? Um, at the the last chapters of Red Dead 2. Do you get that fatigue? Um, if, is it, is it like... Uh, still bad if at this point if I say like once you get to the John Marston stuff in Red Dead 2 no I'm like that's when I was like this game can be over now well that well when um in the first one in Red Dead Redemption and I'm only talking about this because narratively these are the type of games that really just wear me out um like if I'm playing like a JRPG okay like there's elements I know what I'm in for well there's a JRPG element or just a general RPG element to it where you may grind, or, and I'm talking like strict JRPG, JRPG guidelines, where you're grinding, there's an overarching story, you know, you kind of go in these little there's a phased instances I of story. like 150 hours into Persona 5. Yeah, but with these types of games that are very narrative-driven, it's just so, if they're so long, like Spider-Man, Spider-Man, perfect example, mm-hmm. it's like if Spider-Man just kept going on. For like mm. fifty to sixty hours, I like just yeah, think you get past contrast. that part with the raft breakout, and you're like, okay, cool, like a good narrative end here, and then they're like, and now the shocker is tormenting Manhattan, yeah. and you're like, what? I think you read, and it may just not be an RP. It's it's a game problem in general. Just get the fatigue. You better be writing like a masterpiece of a story if you want to keep mm-hmm. me locked in for like eighty hours of constant story action. It's pacing issues here, is yeah. The thing because like I said, some of the the narrative beats that seem weird have payoffs in this back half, but who wants to wade through 50 hours to get to the... And it's also the same thing, right? I would imagine. Like, yeah, the gameplay the same, doesn't change. It's the same loop. Like, at least in some other games. Like, yeah, terrible. This, it, now that I'm thinking about it, this could be set for any game, but I'm thinking of even Zelda, right? Mm. You're playing in Zelda, and eventually, as time goes on, you get more to yeah. kind of entice you to keep going. And, and now they, they added, like, a, a... I know I have to be at the end now, because they added, like, a last checklist, which is, like, the entirety of this huge map. Mm. And they're like, go take out all the hordes. By the way, worst narrative point of the game is, like, like these military guys are like, hey, we can take out hordes now, because we invented a better Molotov. And I'm like, really? Because you invented a better Molotov? Yeah. I've already been taking out hordes, buddy. I don't need this shit. Yeah, and, the, and you're already so far in that you're probably like, eh, like, do I really need more? Like, how far, like you were saying, how far am I? Like, yeah. Wow, how long is this going to go? There were points, like I said last week, where I was probably a good 20 hours behind where I'm at now, and I thought I must be maybe an hour or two away I'm actually, I'm genuinely surprised. I am. That's, it's just a surprising statement. I, it, of all the things that I've read about Days Gone, I didn't even read that it was... And I think a lot long. of people who weren't reviewing it didn't even... I bet they didn't finish. Finish it. Yeah, I bet they didn't. That's actually a great point. Like, Patrick Klepek's write-up, which I think is one of the better ones, uh, he he wasn't a review. I bet you he didn't finish that game. I bet he didn't and, want to. I know mean, a lot yeah. of people didn't want to. Um, and that actually makes a lot of sense as to why I didn't even read. How long does that take? Actually, hold on a second. I actually want to... I'm going to do, like do some research into how this? Long to be- no, because I like uh, the site How Long to Beat. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. They usually just tell you, wow, anywhere from up to 60 hours or more. Yeah. Damn. I wouldn't have got... I would not have guessed no, that. No, it wasn't one of those things that... Uh, I wouldn't have guessed that. That's a long story. But, I mean, at least you get, at least you get your bang for your buck. Mm-hmm. If you really wanted it. It's like a dollar an hour. The the only egregious term, well, not egregious, that's harsh. Uh, the only time that I've ever seen, like, fatigue in that nature, I've experienced it so many times, but it, mainly in Red Dead as well, the first one, they told an excellent story with John Marston, and then they shifted it over to his son, and it was a little bit, it took me out a little bit, and it kind of wore me out a little bit. And when thankfully, it's shorter. Yes, it was much shorter. This, that, that's to say. There's a good eight hours of playing as John Marston at the end of Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah. Like, and this isn't to say the game's bad, but, or even the sun part was terrible. It wasn't. It was just, you, you build up so much time and effort, and you're finally done. 
and then oh there's more or oh hey there's another part of the story we never told you about or, oh new location or area added and it's a whole another and also i think i was more disappointed with the red dead thing in red dead 2 because i don't know how most people land on this i thought arthur morgan was a way more interesting character than john marston i'm sure because he was the main focus of it anyways I'm sure they put in John Marsh and be like, huh? Like, he's oh, you yeah, know this guy? Him you and got him. this guy over here? And you go, well, here's going to start some stuff. Turns out he's still, he was a shitty dad back then, too. <laughs> and a shitty husband. Wow. <laughs> Turns out nothing changed. But, and I was like, wow, this is a great, great series. <laughs> great um, video games. No, it, it's like if Link killed Ganon, and then after he killed Ganon, they like, well, like, time to rebuild the infrastructure yeah, of Hyrule. Like, yeah, exactly. Link, thanks. Oh, my God. Greatest hero of time ever. I'm going to need you to go to this other continent right now and deal with these fuckers who are trying to threaten... It's just a whole other game for 30 hours. You're just mm-hmm. like, what? You're well, just see, sitting there. Certain games handle stuff like that well. Like, I always say Sukoden 2 does really well. When you kill Luca Blight, like, maybe 70% of the way through the game, and it's... it's Because that game's telling a great story about a war. It's like, well, of course. Just because you kill the guy doesn't mean the war is over. Yeah. Like... <laughs> It's great, yeah, and that's and that's the it's end of that. It's one of those things of like the Star Wars reflection where people talk about the end of like uh, Return of the Jedi, where it's like, well, yeah, the credits roll, but like the conflict's not over because they killed one guy. Yeah, like their leader. It's not like, oh, okay, I guess everyone can just go home. Well, I guess we give up. But I mean, it all it all comes down to pacing, and it all comes down to good storytelling. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad it's not making you just want to jump out a window. So that's a good thing, yeah. at least. Well, let me know when that ends, because I feel like every week yeah, you I mean, you're like, I'm still not done. Here, I'm I'll like, come back next week and be like, there's another map! I, I admire you for even going through the completion. Well, I, a write-up's coming, so well, there you go. we suffer for our... Um, I played I played a sleeper hit, and it's mm-hmm. not even probably a sleeper hit, but a sleeper on my radar. Um, there's this game on the Nintendo Switch, actually it's out for just about everything, it's called Valhalla. Um by Sukiban Games, and this is a game I bought on the Switch, because LOL, why not? And it's a cyberpunk futuristic bartender simulator uh, that's also a visual novel. And I immediately bought it, no questions asked, the second I saw it, uh, just because the cover art was just this uh, this, this Japanese-looking chick, and she's just there. And it was bartending, and in the images I saw somebody called a uh, something called a Rad Shiba, which is just a Shiba Inu with shades, and he's just asking for a drink. That's a big sell. That's it, awesome. It, it was right an there. Imme- it was fifteen dollars. It was an immediate sell. I actually can't recall myself buying something so quickly. Big Shiba. Yeah, Rad Shiba. Rad Shiba. Yeah, he's also you know he looked quite large. I'm um, writing. I'm writing it down in possible episode names. Yeah, Rad Shiba. Um, it was. It was incredible. And uh, I'm a big fan. I'm trying to still find my game niche over time. My tastes change over time, much like everything else in life. But um, I really dig visual novel games. Visual novels are cool. Like uh, Professor Layton, total puzzle game. Totally agree. Also a little visual novel components here and there. Mm -hmm. Phoenix Wright, entire visual novel with some courtroom mechanics. This game, through and through, 98% visual novel, 2% bartending simulator. Um, you just go ahead and you make drinks for your guests. You're a bartender in this bar, cyberpunk bar called Valhalla in the future, of course. And you're kind of in this post-apocalyptic uh, kind of Earth. I don't even know if it's apocalyptic. I, th- I think it's just a cyberpunk world. Yeah. I love Blade Runner, if you would. Okay. Um, so you got some cool ramen bars. Yeah. And you just work at this bar called the Valhalla. Um, you know, you have quirky co-workers and all this other stuff. And like you the just real get, world. Yeah. And you just get your patrons and you just listen to their stories and it all comes together. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be an ar- overarching story over time. But, of course. Um, the reason why I dig this game... Actually... Before I dive into that, too, you make some drinks on the side, by the way. They give you a little a little book manual of, oh, this is how you make a moonbeam drink. And it's literally just made-up ingredients of made-up shit. Future ingredients. Yeah, and they're like, oh, on the rocks, so you could put ice in it and then shake it up and just serve drink. The, the whole drink-making process is like putting round cubes into round holes, like round pegs into the holes. It's really easy. But essentially, you're just learning about these people's stories, and what I'm assuming is that over time... I'm only kind of like a few chapters in, but over time I'm assuming there's going to be an overarching story that'll take place and kind of suck you into the world a little bit mm-hmm. and drive you into something. Um, I'm a big fan of it, and one thing I really like about these types of games is that they don't tell you anything, and then progressively you're spoon You learn more about the world through character interaction. Yeah. Like, like, I'm not going to lie, 
it's really just a reading simulator. Totally is. For I'm good at dollars. Yeah, for $15, you're reading text. You're making some drinks on the side. You don't play it at night because I fell asleep twice while playing it. But it sounds it, soothing as fuck. Yeah, it, it's the, the music's incredible. It's composed by Mike Kelly. Uh, I can play Phoenix Wright in bed because the occasional objection will really j- jostle you out. Of yeah, no, sleep. Phoenix Wright actually completely enthralling just because the topic is murder, and I'm totally in that. I'm just like, okay, this one's like it's always extremely chill. weird circumstantial. You murder. can like set the jukebox music that you have, so oh, whatever like Mike that. Kelly composed, like he has tons of tracks to just play mm-hmm. over time for the course of your shift. Um, and overall, it's a really great game. It's just a chill game. You're just spoon-fed information. You're just reading. It's just a good story so far. You're just learning little bits and pieces. The dogs talk all over the place. There's just dogs there, and they talk. But here's the most important question. Hmm. Can you pet the dog? Oh, my God, I hate this. Yeah, yeah, you can pet the dog. Uh, actually, no, you cannot pet the dog. You cannot pet the dog. I don't think so. I There's the Twitter account, Can You Pet the Dog? Mm-hmm. I hate it. <laughs> It's, I, it's probably dogs. my favorite thing ever. Uh, Enter the Gungeon cha- patched in petting the dog to make the list. Because you could not pet the dog, yeah. yeah. But um, it's a great game, though. So if you're, ever, if you're into just reading something or just in a, into a visual novel for like 15 bucks, it's really an interactive kind of game. Um, but I like it. Like I said, I'm not too far into it. But it was kind of like on a sleeper radar for me. I'm like, holy shit, what's this? Yeah, I remember people talking about this not too long ago. Yeah, now I'm totally down with it. Um, cool to get some insight. Yeah, really like it. And the style and the art and everything. This guy, Chris Ortiz, who made it, it's it's pretty cool. So I, I recommend it. Good game. Cool. Tell uh, me about this... Forager? Foragies. These foragers. Forager. Um, I play Forager. Uh, which is a neat sort of like almost Stardew or like Minecrafty light kind of thing. Um, the main character does remind me of Fez. It, yeah, it, a lot of aesthetically it reminds me of Fez. Um, it's on Steam. Uh, I th- I don't know. I think it might be coming to Switch. I'm sure. And I'm I don't sure. I don't think it's on there yet. Uh, Twenty bucks. I think it's it's just kind of a fast pace. Like you're on a small island. Um, you're grinding out materials. Everything moves far faster than like a Stardew or anything like that. Uh, loading materials into a furnace, upgrading your pickaxe, all that sort of stuff. But it moves much, like, it moves rapidly in comparison to games like that. Mm. And you're getting coins and then buying new islands to connect and building bridges to go over them. It's, again, it's a game that's replicating what it's like to work in a prison camp, but oh, I, I find see. it cathartic. Oh, I see. And, yes, it is coming for Switch. Yeah, yeah that's what I thought. Yeah, it's going to come later. Uh, what's the studio on there? Uh, Hop Frog. Hop Frog, okay. Hop Frog Studio. Uh, I think it's like one designer mainly. Uh, It's a simple game, but it's one of those things that the loop is just addictive. It's it's worth checking out, and you can just kind of sit with it for a few minutes and then walk away more easily than like a Stardew or anything like that. This guy's pretty cute. I like this main character. He's a a a cute-looking fella. He's a cutie guy. He fights some slimes. Actually, that was one of my favorite things on the the second island I purchased, because one of the materials it said I needed was slime. Uh, which you get from fighting slimes, mm-hmm. uh, but on the second island there was uh, there were sentient beets also, like radishes or something in the ground. What? And as I use my pickaxe to collect them out of the ground, they screamed in agony. <laughs> uh, like the bigger scary. one just screamed, like "Why are you doing this?" <laughs> which is just some good That's writing. Um, now, SteamWorld Quest. Yeah. This started that. This is on the Switch. Yes, it's only on the Switch right now. This is tied to the other Steam World games, like <coughs> I mean, loosely, like in, in the but, sense you know, that they just are, in, the, yeah. in the world. I'm guessing, maybe. yeah. Like the the framing device is uh, a kid in this being told a story about the age of heroes uh, uh-huh. in Steam World. So you're playing as uh, like a, a collection of little kid, younger, like one knight. Uh, you have an alchemist sort of mage character. Mm. And the third character I you get pretty early on too is uh, he fights with with his burly fists. He's like a blacksmith. Uh-huh. Um, uh, basically, the setup for it is, is a turn based RPG, but it is card based. Like Sh- Slay the Spire. Yeah, like Slay the Spire. Uh, every character uh, can have eight cards equipped to them, and then those out of the three characters, now you have twenty four cards that are going into your deck. And rotating in and out. And there are certain bonuses for... You, you essentially play three cards a turn. Um, and then watch the moves play out. If you can manage to get a character to use all the same cards like for one character in a turn, they get a fourth bonus action. That's a card that you can't draw. Mm-hmm. Um, which is usually just an increased... Like a stronger version of one of their existing cards. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you also are generating uh, SP or steam power uh, for every card you play. It's and the limit break. And certain cards cost steam power to play. Like, every basic attack generates one steam power, but uh, there'll be certain stronger cards that are like, you need to have three steam power in reserve to use this. So, the deck building elements, too, that mm -hmm. seems pretty cool. So, I guess you, ju you could just kind of manipulate the deck to... Yeah, 100%. Balance it. Uh, every turn, also, you can burn two cards uh, before you play. Ah, just uh, you don't like and it. just redraw, yeah, and everything's going to the bottom, so the cards are going to come back. How do you unlock new cards? Uh, I found some in treasure chests, uh, some are quest rewards. That's pretty cool. Uh, but it's it's Steam World, you know? The writing's goofy. Uh, the world is... They, they seem to be pretty good at doing basically anything. There, there's some fun stuff in there. Oh, it's a decently long game, too. I say it takes about 13, 14 hours. Uh, I've maybe played an hour and a half, two hours. That's not bad. Not very far in yet. Yeah, that's fine. But uh, that, this is one I've been wanting to jump into for a while, because I had heard good things. Specifically, I had heard that it was like an easier than Slay the Spire, but in that same vein. Yeah. Um, I just... I, I'm not I'm not always the biggest fan of just I don't know what it is about Steam World. Maybe it's just because I'm equate I'm trying to the arts just make me compare it to more of a, a kids game. Yeah, it, it and it does evoke that definitely in its humor and stuff. Um was it you that told me Heist was one to check out? Yes. Yes, yeah, I was. It was. Me talking about not being interested in them and I'm upselling. And I'm, you're also and recommending I'm also upselling, them. yeah. It, <laughs> That's what that's what this brand that's what this IP does. It makes me like not want to play it, but at the same time, uh, Heist was good. It makes you hesitant. It does. I don't play a lot of them, but no, the but one this that is, I did do was like, Heist. The turn-based RPG and the card mechanics one. This was one that I was like, all right, I'm I'm all in on that. Especially once people started talking positively about it. Yeah, and Heist is more of a um, it's turn-based. It's it's more of a turn-based Worms kind of shooter. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's why I was kind of drawn to it. What I give the team a lot of props for is that every single Steam World game that they release tackles something new. Yeah. I, they're, they're never the same. And like, they, never, they always do a different genre. They never game. do a bad job with it. No, that's that's exactly it, too. There's just something about it where it doesn't draw me, but I do give them props because it's always something different. Anytime somebody's like, oh, did you just... Like, even with Steam World Quest, they're like, oh, did you just hear about Steam World Quest? And I'm like, oh, is that, like, Steam World Heist? And they're like, no, it's like a Slay the Spire kind of thing instead. So every time, or even Steam World Dig, that was more platformy too. Yeah. It's like every iteration of Steam World, they just try something different. New. And then if they want to explore that more, they'll go sequel. Like there's been Steam World Dig too. Yeah, yeah. Like it was really popular. Heist, I don't think got a sequel. No. Well, maybe they'll revisit it one day. But maybe if this is so popular, this is doing I mean, this pretty well. Really I could yeah. see, uh, I could see this getting a sequel. I heard this one was. Really, uh, I've heard way more buzz about this one than I have the others. So yeah, it's pretty cool. It was an interesting announcement back when they uh, talked about that. Uh, but the last thing I played this week was I played a little bit of Dreams. Tell me about uh, Dreams. Media Molecules Dreams. This is basically the game they've been working on since Little Big Planet Three, I want to say. So you could tell that it's gonna. Is it as customizable? I just saw. A it's story. only in early access right now. I just saw a story that somebody was trying to make Metal Gear Solid. Yes, uh, it was a Kotaku story today, and I I bet you they're gonna pull it off. It's gonna take some time, but I'll bet you they pull it the fuck off. The level of customization that these guys made the, is insane. This is this it's whole insanity. thing is basically just. At this point, they've just built software for making games, for making content. And anyone who's familiar with any of these actual live programs or anything is going to see something familiar here. Like, it, I really need to delve into it more to uh, get comfortable with the tools. But for now, uh, it's $30 in early access on PS4. Um, I've just mostly been kind of delving into other people's creations to see what they made. Because you can, you know, jump right into the stuff people have posted. You can grab assets from their stuff, and they'll get credited in the credits if you actually post yours. Mm. It'll be like, this character model by X person. Um, That's cool. Music, everything. Like, I checked out in particular. You talked about somebody making Metal Gear Solid. Somebody just made the opening level from the Neversoft Spider-Man game for that's, PS1. Yeah, like, that's insanity. Uh, the, the level of creativity, that, even in Little, Little Big Planet, I remember... Level of creativity that people had, and like this is levels was insane. So far beyond that, that's crazy. It's I feel like Little Big Planet was just the little, the little brother of it all. Like even if there's a little just a precursor, I'm assuming there might be a little slice of that Metal Gear Solid thing posted. I'm gonna check that out later. Man, years down the line, maybe like the next decade, I'm sure they're gonna come out with something else that's even gonna push the envelope where that it'll dwarf even this. People are just gonna be able to make their own games entirely. That's yeah, nutty. It's, I, I think this is gonna be sixty dollars when it fully launches at retail, but. Uh, if you want to get it on the early access, it's only thirty bucks now. That's crazy. Uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. I mean, I'm going to check it. I'm see with this. 
it's not that I don't, it's not, I wonder if I lack the creativity. I, sometimes I lack the creativity to make something like that, but also the level of dedication that people have just building everything. Like, I remember Little Big Planet, I was so overwhelmed with everything. Oh, I, yeah, I know I would never have the, the, the dedication to really, like, build something. Well, never say never. Yeah, but. like, Minecraft was more my speed, because it, it had, it, uh, people could get crazy with it, but there was enough customization where I actually felt like I wasn't going to get overwhelmed. In Little Big Planet, there was so much mechanically to do, and the things that people did were insane. The the creative stuff probably I delved them spent the most time with was probably Mario Maker. Yeah, even um, Mario Maker. Exactly. These these sandbox games. I it's can't. Insanity. Mario Maker Two is gonna be a hell of a show. I yeah, can't wait to talk about that. Especially with stylus controls, it's insanity. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I can't. I don't even have the time nor creative. I'm so creatively spent when I try to think about <sighs> what you could do. But that's pretty cool. I dig dreams. I'm going to be looking out for it because I'm sure people are going to create the most insane things. Oh, absolutely. I'm pretty sure somebody created the uh, the Civil War fight between Iron Man, Bucky. I'm Captain sure they America, did. I mean, dreams. if you didn't know already, um, there's about 300 versions of the uh, Cockery Forest from Ocarina of Time on there already. Yeah. <laughs> because of course there are. Of course. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, that's nuts. Um, that's like a go-to uh, there's the, the castle from Mario 64, like the ex- exterior, uh, of course. That's so cool. Yeah, and uh, people are just going to make such cool shit. Can't wait. Um, speaking of, uh, speaking of dreams, my little brother got back into Minecraft, because apparently they just added, like, a bunch of stuff over the years, and, um, recently they just had their 10th anniversary, I believe, which is also insane to think about, and, um, they released, like, a special map that was just expansive like it was massive i think mojang the company and um not a company the studio that did it and another studio teamed up to just make this absolute love letter of a map absolutely yeah and it was the creativity just going through it apparently like i was going through i think kotaku has an article somebody else has an article up on it that just kind of took screenshots through it it is such an immense world that they just made through minecraft it's insanity. Like, the levels of creativity that people have are absolutely... Shit's insane. nuts. Yeah. But let's talk about the news. news. I saw... I'm not going to even talk about Detective Pikachu too much. I just want to say I saw it. I saw Pikachu. Uh, it was good. Decent flick. I liked it. Um, did you see it? Not yet. Okay. It, it but pretty, I heard what the twist is, and it creeps me the fuck out. Yeah, predictable plot. Um, I figured out that... Well, I don't want to talk. Well, no. The cat's out there. Yeah, yeah there's a twist. But I'm not going to talk about it. Um, it's a Shyamalan esque twist. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's a freaking kids movie. You'll probably figure it out in the first half of the film. But um, Mr. Mime is a sexual predator. Yeah, that's the twist. That's the twist. He gets arrested. Um, big, big upset. Everyone's shocked. I was actually a little shocked, but I figured it out halfway through. I'm pretty like, sure a lick of tongue was an accomplice. Um, I actually read that uh, the studios were pretty uncomfortable with Mr. Mime and Lick Tongue. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, they were gross. The Pokemon was, Company was, was not comfortable with what was happening. Overall, cute movie. Wasn't Oscar winning? No. I thought the Pokemon, of course, were the best part yeah. of the entire movie. Totally. Obviously. And the design, the CGI, it, they looked incredible. And I loved it for that. And actually, something deep inside... If you go see this film, if you've ever played Pokemon in any shape or form, even if you only played Red back in the Game Boy Watch the, uh, the show... You're probably going to love just looking at them come to life and just interacting. I felt like these warm fuzzies in me that um, just made me like it. I felt it in my jellies. You'll, you'll know when you see the movie. I, but, um, just the, the stills in the videos I've seen, I'm like, Bulbasaur is the best boy. Yeah, they're all... they. It's It was it was honestly incredible. Props to the team for that because they made everything look so lifelike. And in the movie, you know, the Pokemon are just coexisting with the humans. It actually makes you think about such a world <coughs> where you can just exist with your Pokemon in a way that it's never been done before because it's always either been animated or just um, designed through a game. So yeah. seeing actual people in a non-cringy fashion pairing up with a Poke partner and like having like your partner because in this world everybody has their own Pokemon like Ash did. Um, it, it's just super rad. I was like, man, I was like, who would be my Poke partner? Like yeah. I was even thinking throughout the entire movie, they were going through it. I'm like, man. Like, who would be my... I don't know if you saw the, uh, the, their official Twitter account was tweeting out, like, the week before, like, hey, who's your poke partner and, like, randomly assigning? And I just saw so many people in, like, the industry, like, retweeting the, of course, I got fucking Mr. Mime. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, it's... <laughs> and nobody wants me to <laughs> Yeah, like, some of the Pokemon were funny. Like, there was a... Um... I don't want Mr. Mime to sleep in the same house as me. <laughs> yeah, I won't spoil it. There, there's a lot of Poke partners sometimes that are just absolutely ridiculous to think. Like, what if you have, like, a Muck as a Poke partner? It's like, what the fuck are you gonna do with that? It's just slopping around. Yeah, just, I know, like, the, the police chief or whatever has, like, a snubble. Yeah, he has a snubble. And... Yeah, that's a good one. I, or, like, I was thinking, like, if somebody just had an Onyx... And they just crush dude. They're like, oh yeah, it's my fu- it's my fucking on. Do you mind if my poke partner comes over for dinner? And like, oh yeah, sure. It's just on it. Oh. Yeah, it goes and just smush through. And they're like, dude, what the fuck? And you're just like, like oh, a, you said oh, it was okay. You said it was okay, and then I looked. <laughs> yeah, you, you just said it was fine. Like, you care if my whale lord comes? Yeah. Do you mind if I just bring somebody over for dinner? Oh yeah, sure. It just smashes the fucking house, and the whole thing goes. It's on. my whalemer. Yeah, it's like, oh, uh, that, that's my whalemer. He's uh five hundred tons, and um, I can't move him. And he's the cutest boy. You say you want him to move. I would love nothing it more always, than for him to move. It instantly makes me think of that older post of, uh, I think it was Heart Gold and Soul Silver, the one where you could have any Pokemon following behind you. And uh, it's like the, the protagonist in the game talking to some random girl in town. She's like, oh, hey, you're. you're Poke Nav is, is neat. Like, that's really neat. And then, like, the pop text, like, oh, there's, like, a Lugia behind. He's like, did you hear that, Lugia, Guardian of the Seas? Emily oh, thinks my Poke Nav is neat. <laughs> No, and um, in the in the movie too, because uh, people will usually be like, "Well, just put it in the put it in the Pokeball." The whole the whole premise of this one city, in the movie, is that Pokemon and humans coexist. Like you don't catch them. Like uh-huh. your Poke partner is just your partner He's by just choice, willingly with you. Yeah, kind of like Pikachu. He like Ash never technically caught Pikachu. He just kind of uh-huh. hung out over the ride. So it's like that. And yeah, I was just thinking, what if you did, just have a Whalmer? Who's just there? Like maybe yeah. mo- like I was thinking of a logistical nightmare that this would be because th- like a Gyarados. Okay, it's a fucking Gyarados. You're just like, all right, great. Imagine a logistical nightmare if you go to like the Poke Aquarium at this city. Uh-huh. It's a Whalemer and it's evolving into a Whalelord. Nobody can stop that. Do you just put it in a bigger tank from it the get? Kill, it would kill but, everyone. Yeah, but that's like, who's gonna stop it? Do you just have it in a bigger tank from the get in case that happens? Yeah, and even so, you'd have to have the entire city submerged. The whole thing is a logistical nightmare. But <laughs> let's overall, really delve into this. Yeah, for the cutesy for the cutesy moments, totally down with it. But when you're thinking about the actual pro- proportions, I think of some that of these guys, breaks the universe. It, you. it absolutely would. Can you imagine you're just chilling with your Growlithe and all of a sudden it evolves into an Arcanine? You're like, Which, oh, that'd be so cool. But then it literally. But like now, where does he have to? Like, <laughs> it's like, where are you gonna put it? It's like, uh, no Arcanine. to put this monster. Arcanine, no offense, you're really chill, you've been the best Poke partner, but you didn't tell me you were gonna grow 500 fucking pounds tomorrow, and now I have to feed you. Mm-hmm. So, well, it's a nightmare. But, if I was thinking, I'd have a nice Poke partner, I still like a Charmander, and if not, I like a seal. I maybe like maybe Everstone is a, a thing you use there? Yeah, I, there's Pokemon that evolve in this, mm-hmm. and... Yeah, maybe an Everstone's a thing. Maybe Pokemon just don't want to evolve. Pokemon are evolving all over the goddamn place. But that's what I was just thinking. Like, people are traveling with troves of Growlithe. What if they just magically evolved one day, and now they're 500-pound behemoths, and they're just like, feed me. And now you're like, oh, gee, my $50 a week budget to feed my Growlithe has now turned into a $150 or $10,000 budget a year just to feed this Arcanine. It's like, what am I going to do with this? Terrible. But I really dug the movie. You should go see it. (laughs) I really thought it was cool. Get your Poke partner out. Um, they give you trading cards for going. I thought that was oh, pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. I got a little Detective Pikachu holographic trading card from the game, and I also got a Charmander. I was thrilled, because Charmander's my favorite. Charmander's cool, man. With the runner-up being Seal. But, yeah. Seal is good. I know. I talked about that way I think more. I was just thinking about it all day. I, I think because uh the way my phone updates, uh, your your contact picture in my, my phone book is still Seal. That's okay. Yeah, that's not accurate. I think that was from uh, when I had it as a group mate, like my group yeah. picture. No, Seal, Charmander's best starter. Seal is just best Pokemon from Gen 1. I mean, that's easy. But go see it. It'll revitalize your love for Poke Poke. And, uh, yeah, I dug it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Rage 2 comes out on Tuesday, if you didn't forget. I did forget. I did. I did forget. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I'll say cautiously optimistic about Rage 2. I'm just going to wait for a review. I don't even know what the hell to expect. Anymore. Yeah, I'm gonna, gonna, we'll see what's going on. I got to be honest. It's not one I'm clamoring to, and I have a lot on my plate at the, the moment. The fact that I saw Borderlands 3 even coming out in September, kind of took the wind out of Rage 2. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I really didn't care. Because Prob- Rage 2 was going to be like my post-apocalyptic shooter of the year, but mm. probably not now. It's like forget it. Um, that's coming out. I know that people were a little, little salty about the... Because uh, if you saw on Twitter, um, there's this game reviewer or blogger, I don't even know who he is, but it's a writer, and he works for a company, I'm sure. And um, he was talking about how like Rage was just like under the radar. Like, he didn't even know. Oh, is it when they, like, 
went at him on yeah, Twitter. And it's well, like, they didn't what? even go at him. They literally just responded. So basically, the whole story is that like this guy like wrote this little piece where he was like, essentially, I had no idea Rage Two was coming out. I forgot. They really didn't do too much advertising for and it. Yada also, yada. Also, the article was not like him saying like Rage Two is gonna be shit. He was just saying like, yeah, it was pretty safe. Yeah. And Rage Two literally just responded and wrote, "LOL, who even are you?" <laughs> when I read that, I actually laughed out loud. That was kind of funny. <laughs> I loved it. Um, he got he he got mad. Or he got insulted. A lot of other writers got insulted. Jason Schreier got insulted. Everybody got insulted. Because uh, it it's like that's a weird like PR move. It went. It went into. It divulged into. Uh, the joke went over like a fart in church. It basically devolved. Not divulged. It basically devolved into how Bethesda's relationship with the press was literally deteriorating with every passing day over the years. Yeah. How everybody's like Bethesda's a dick. All this stuff. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I don't even care. Like, it wasn't even matter. I, like, if you're really gonna get, if you're gonna get hurt about this, or you're gonna get your panties in a twist. I mean, that's fine. No, I think it was 100% intended as a joke. I just don't think it played well. Yeah, and no, no. It, it was just, it was totally tongue in cheek, and nobody liked it. Um, panties in a twist. It was knickers in yeah. a twist. But your knick, yeah, you can get your knickers in a twist. Don't get your bloomers twisted. Yeah, it, I just thought it was really funny. Um, I thought some people. You know, I, I thought Jason Schreier overreacted the hell out. I thought it was kind of funny to read a lot of it. It's because they're like, you know what? There's only speaks to the uh, the relationship that Bethesda has with the writers, and I'm like, man, I'm like, who pit? I'm like, who? I'm like, the team didn't piss in your cheek. Yeah, you're having you having a said, bad day, bud. You? Yeah, you just said, who are you? Come on. Oh, you, all you <laughs> can do is just not respond. Of, I would have laughed. Of all caps. I'm like, lol. Who yeah, even are you? I frankly I, does Elon Musk run Bethesda's Twitter account? If it was me, I would have had a good hearty laugh about it just because of how out of the blue it was. Like, it's that's. Funny. I think I just would have been baffled at first. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, that's hilarious. Um, but that's what I, that's that's on the drama news. I could talk about that YouTube gamer Pro oh, Jared. I don't want to talk. I don't about want to it, talk about Pro but Jared. But if you want to know about Pro Jared cheating on his wife, you can go look that up. On I'm Twitter. really sorry for anyone on the YouTube who has pro in their name yeah it's been a bad week i get it yeah um <laughs> twitter's just blowing up it's a cesspool yeah. but yeah if you want to go look that up for some drama too go <laughs> knock your socks off i'm not going to talk about it on this cast yeah um uh i'm not, I'm not going to dedicate any airtime to that yeah no don't dedicate airtime um i know i've been talking for a long time right now keep going i do want to talk about raising kratos yeah i haven't watched it yet i, I even today no oh, do what you gotta do but uh, even this week, highly recommend it. I'll, you I'll cannot. It. I might get to it later. You today. cannot put it down if you start watching it. I was gonna watch it up in pieces and just kind of because documentaries, I'll usually watch thirty minutes here, thirty minutes yeah. there. I could not stop watching it this morning. That's I good. was entranced by the whole. I thing. also still want to watch that Ubisoft uh, documentary that's on Netflix. You absolutely should. The, the game develop game development documentaries, any kind of developmental documentaries in the creative industry, whether it's games, movies, uh, television, books. It, it's incredibly interesting because the iceberg theory is so true where nobody notices what's going on below under the water mm -hmm. with the iceberg of all the work, blood, sweat, and tears that goes on with projects. They always see the finished product on the top of the iceberg, which is the iceberg above water. I think games especially so oh, absolutely. for people who aren't in the know, like... Well, I think that's they don't why think anything of it. And that's why I think people are so surprised that we're making such a big thing about, you know, unionizing and, mm. you know, uh, crunch and, and all like, that no, stuff. It's like, no, this industry works people like a fucking dog. Yeah, it was it's not new. It's like, it's just coming now where people are like, "Hey, this probably isn't good." And, you know, we're kind of killing ourselves here. And yeah. I'm not really happy about it. And people are like, "Whoa, what's going on?" And we here? have to have the conversation because the 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 consensus overseas is this is unavoidable, which is a bad attitude to have. But if you want to look for a free documentary, though. Raising Kratos is free. It's on PlayStation's YouTube channel for free. Um, Corey Barlog's been tweeting about it quite a bit. Yeah, it's it really it is fantastic. Um, if anything, it made me literally just want to go pop in God of War and just go for it. I haven't played it yet, frankly. It's a fantastic game. It's on the backlog. Of, it's a fantastic It's game. with Red Dead. It's with everything. It's just I'm trying so mm -hmm. hard. As I'm talking about Mortal Kombat, and I'm like, ah, yeah, no time. But, um... Yeah, I, it really made me honestly want to go out to GameStop, buy the freaking game, sit down and just play it and appreciate it because it, it basically goes through the previous five years of development that went into God of War, um, how they reimagined, the, the new one, mind you, from 2018, um, how much work and thought went into it, what trouble trials and tribulations they had to go through it because... Um, at the time, Santa Monica Studios was also working on another IP that was kind of like this cyberpunk futuristic thing 
that got canceled like halfway through. Yeah. And it caused a big mayhem because they have the everything timelined. And this project. is one of the first times they really talked about that project. Yeah, and I think they had to shift over to God of War immediately after they did that. So it just it was a whole disarray. The lead developers, um, and God, I'm forgetting all their names. It's really terrible. But it, just from the ground up, how they reimagined the game, how they talked about reimagining it, how much of a risk it was, because I, I guess everybody nowadays, they, it has the it has the accolades, has the awards now. Everybody can say, well, of course, God of War was a smash hit. But it really dives into how, when they were conceptualizing it, they were really unsure about how people would take it. Because yeah. you have Kratos, one-dimensional character of kill, 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 fuck, 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 and then be mad. Mm -hmm. And, and then they're you have making him, him a character. Yeah, and then you're like, making him a daddy. Yeah. And But that was the key point of the story to show how much time has changed him, how much his experiences have changed him. Right. And telling a, like, still, when you think back on it, a shockingly deep story with Kratos, of all people. I got chills now thinking about it. Because yeah. it, it, it's true. It, but, and it's easy for me and you to say that now. It's easy for everybody to say that and talk about just how deep it was. But at the time, and they were just spitballing it. They were like, are people actually going to buy into Kratos being a dad? They're like, no way. That, that, that's a completely off-the-wall idea because with the consumer market, people actually like sometimes I'll, when I'll people are one-dimensional. Uh, I'll have to show you before you leave. I have from, because I bought the collector's yeah, edition yeah. of God of War. It comes with a piece of art that I kept in the envelope it was in. That's the, supposed, like the first piece of art they used in the pitch. Like, they talk about, like, you have to draw this piece of art and be like, this is what we're going to sell the game the idea with. And there's just a quote about, like, the idea of doing something like that from uh, Cory Barlog on the back of it. And, like, I get chills reading it. Like, It's it's completely true. You People often forget that it could just fail. And it, consumer markets, they may not test well with it. People liked Kratos, but they thought he was boring at the time. And yeah. making him a daddy wasn't so clean cut as Papa it is Kratos. today. Because people would have said, I don't want to play a game where he's a fucking dad. And carrying around. And I think a big part of that mass market appeal was to go, people who played this game 10 years ago, like, some of them are dads now. People have, like, or they've grown up in some way that they can relate to a change in a character like this. Yeah, especially such a drastic one. Yeah. With this, again, such a very cut and clean, simple character. Yeah. Kratos is pissed, but not anymore. It's like, ah, mm -hmm. uh, okay. And a lot of the, the story revolved around him doing his best to temper that rage still. Like, those brief moments you get when... He's, like, clearly, like, you see old Kratos boiling underneath the surface, and he just, like, collects himself. Yeah, and he's just trying to be a different person. And it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very, very, very interesting story. I, I highly recommend it. Again, it's free. If, you, if you've got two hours lying around in your life, okay, just do it. Um, it it's, a, it's a good one. It really, it really talks about just how much effort goes into a game of this undertaking. Sweet, sweet Papa Kratos. Yeah. Um... State of play. We had another state of play. Sony Nation in this podcast. I still feel like Sony needs to make those things a little bit more Nintendo directy, get a little more personal with them. It was pretty straightforward and clean cut. It was really to the point, to a point that felt generic and. This is why I love the Nintendo Direct. Underproduced. I love Nintendo Directs. Yeah, Nintendo Directs are more, great. They make it more like they're in your living room, like yeah, but not in a scary. Get way. somebody out there talking along, with, not this like robotic voiceover and. Uh, but they showed cool stuff, so we can talk about that. Wait, uh, what they, what's, what'd they show? Uh, we got a look at uh, the Medieval Remaster again. So hyped for that. Uh, it's so, gonna, so hyped for still that. still looks neat. I remember playing like the, the remake on PSP back in the day, too. Uh, it's out in October. Very cool. So we got a date. Spooky date. That looks cool. Uh, we got word on Monster Hunter World, Iceborne. Very cool. $40, adding a lot to that game. And that's a first for Monster, Monster Hunter in general, without just re-releasing the game mm -hmm. under a new title, like uh, Unlimited or something yeah. like that. Um, yeah, it's $40. Big release. I actually think Capcom said that they've never done that before. Like, yeah. This is like one of the first times they've ever... This is also the best-selling Capcom game ever. Yeah. I mean, it, I think one of the main things with World was that a lot of fans loved it. There wasn't enough to do, so this probably solves the problem. There you go. They, if $40 worth of content, I imagine it's a beefy update. Yeah, I'm sure they did a lot, so that's cool. Uh, and then the, the the last notable one to me, uh, we had a look at a weird animal game that seemed kind of bonkers. It's the most notable, everyone's baited no, no. Final <laughs> Fantasy VII. It's yeah. a weird animal game. We uh, Final Fantasy VII, they, they trotted it out to show us that it's still alive. Tell me about um, this animal game. I'll tell you about the animal game. I can't remember the title of it. I feel fucking horrible. Uh, maybe you can look that up while I do this. I should have put it in the notes, no, but okay. I'm irresponsible. Um, it's about, like, surviving natural disaster. Like, the clips they showed, you were playing as... what appeared Away? Yeah, aw away. Okay. Uh, like, a flying squirrel. Uh, 
What? <laughs> it's a really weird-looking game. No, nope, yeah, I'm uh, looking at pictures. You are a squirrel. Like a flying squirrel, and it just seems to be about, like, avo- surviving and avoiding natural disaster. I've seen this before. I've seen this picture before, and this video. Is this not but the first time they trotted this out? I've seen this somewhere. I've seen this exact game somewhere. I don't... It's one of those things that looks more like a tech demo than a game. I, I think that's... Alright, no, yeah. I'm down with it, though. That's yeah, cool. I'll, I'll definitely be keeping a closer eye on that. Uh, <laughs> flying but... squirrel. The, the last bit was, uh, we got some new footage of the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah, that looks pretty uh, cool. Big Zwedge and Jesse are all grown up. Yeah. Um, Barrett's voiceover is still troubling. It looks incredible. Yeah. Uh, Technically, it looks incredible. I think Polygon did a, a breakdown of, like, side-by-side comparisons to see how it's changed since we last saw it. Uh... <laughs> And it's, a lot of it's for the better. Cloud, yeah. Cloud looks a little bit more like a built person. The lighting looks a lot better. Yeah, they've uh, actually... They've upped it quite a lot. And we got some VO in there. We got uh, Cloud, uh, Sephiroth speaking, Barrett, and it's still very troubling voice. What do you think about the shift in game style? In, in the, uh, the I think it's smart. I think it's smart, too. Uh, if you're just going to remake it note for note, what's the point? Yeah, I agree. I actually hope they do something a little different. In this one, I have a feeling that and they did confirm it's still episodic. I have a feeling that it's not going to be as straight, cut, and clean as the original was. I have a feeling they're going to take some liberties and change them. I think they should, and um, I don't know if I've ever discussed this with you, but I, considering it's episodic, I think they said it was going to be three parts. Yes. Here's what I think the entire first part of the game should be. I think the first part should end when you leave Midgar. Yeah, I I think you should really flesh out the time in Midgar. And spend more time with Avalanche. How much time was Midgar anyways? It wasn't uh, that long, though. It wasn't long, because you only hit, like, two reactors in so the Don Corneo section before you leave. I hope the time between I hope the time between episodes isn't years. Well, what I'm saying is, I think you start. can make that longer. I think you can make that, like, a full game. Yeah, I, uh, that's what I'm saying. I think Cloud I should be a part of Avalanche for longer, in uh-huh. my opinion. It should feel impactful when you lose Big Wedge and Jesse, when you square off with the Turks. Yeah. Uh, at the top of the, the no Sector spoilies. 7 plate. No oh, I'm sorry, I'm spoiling this game that, that came out. Aerith dies. No, that's what I, No, I was just going to talk about this. No, Andrew Rayner, I think that's his name from GameSpot, yeah. was tweeting just about this the other day. He was saying, would you spoil? Like, should it be considered a spoil? And he does. I also do. You ruined it. I will edit that out. Good. Get rid of it. Edit it uh, out. Sorry. Mark it. I, I agree. Did mark it. I, I don't think, agree at fucking all. I think. Well, good. I'm glad we at least can contest on this. Yeah. I think that you should not spoil this game, even though everybody knows, everybody and their mamas know what the biggie spoil is. Mm-hmm. But there are people that, that do not, and they're gonna buy. They don't know the small, the smally spoil. That's okay. The clouds let, a goddamn identity thief. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Just let them discover yeah. it. I, but I, I'm really, a lot of people are talking about, oh, like, what are, yeah, like, what's the episode, content going to be broken up with? I didn't see a lot of people saying, what does this mean for the story itself? I don't think mm. it's going to be the same. I actually think they're going to take some I don't think there's that change. many natural stopping points. I think Midgar no. is the first natural stopping point, which is why I think that's where it should happen. I truly um, think they're going to go a little off the walls with this one. And, I think um, it's smart. Change it up. Well, they, they may, they're probably not going to change the main the main spoil they're probably not going to change it that bit because that's so iconic that I doubt they would but I I I think they're going to change a lot of stuff I think it would be super interesting if you do a considerable amount more jobs with Avalanche and spend more time building up that relationship or even the way that some characters um, are presented to you maybe change um, Yuffie and Vincent to make them no longer optional party additions yeah or just make the discovery of them into your party as much as I love having to put in a weird save combination and go into a weird basement to wake Vincent up from a coffin just play Vincent's spinoff game Um, no don't play Dirge of Cerberus it's a bad video game you can play Dirge of Cerberus it's a bad video game even if it does end with Hojo fighting you in somebody else's body with two gun blades yeah but if they can get like Yuffie and all of them to come in more naturally I'm totally down with it I also Um, still kind of wanted to rip you off though because I think that's the funniest thing in the world if you don't know how to get Work, work their way through that conversation. They never showed Red Thirteen, did they? Uh, I don't think they no, him we have not seen a shot of him. Really interested to see how he looks. Naniki. Yeah, no spoilies. I don't like him. Um, Red Thirteen's cool. Yeah, but I have a feeling that they're going to. I have a feeling that they're going to change it up a bit. It just, it just doesn't make sense to have a tried and true, cut and dry. Here's a remake. There you go. Yeah. Um, 
I think the re the new game style is really cool. I think it's good that it's not turn based. I love turn based. I love turn based games. Love turn based. Do something different. You might as well. If you really want to go play the game, and also it's clear you can game. still hop between party members because they were showing gameplay perspectives as Barrett. And if you want to go play the game and you're like, I want turn based, nobody's stopping you, dude. Just go play. It's it. there. It's on it, your it, Switch. It's been there for twenty. It's on years. your Switch. Just go play it. Yeah. Yeah, do yourself a favor. Um, so that was cool. They also had this other game. Um, I am feeling really terrible because I'm forgetting it, but um, it looked like three D dot game heroes. Oh yeah, they did show this off briefly. It was a cooperative thing. I yeah, forgot about that one. Yeah, it was a very um, voxel art kind. Shovel Knight's of, in it. Yeah, it was a voxel art kind of game. Um, looked really cool, kind of top-down RPG. Rad. Yeah, it was really rad. Um, I'm trying to find out what it was called. Whatever. But the point is that also was releasing. It, it looked kind of neat. It, I just yeah, this one it just seems soulless. The state of play is there's like uh, some people may be of the camp where they're just saying hey, just show them what they want to see and call it a yeah. day. I I agree to some points, but also that's what makes. Also, they said we're getting more word. Um, that makes Nintendo fun. In September, I believe they said, or June. We're gonna get more word on uh, FF Seven. Oh yeah, um, yeah, June. So but I didn't say. Uh, what I think that means part one at least is probably closer to release than we think. I think I'm gonna say end of this year. I'll give but the hot, the hot predict. Yeah, I think I might be with you on that. And also, I think part two might be in development for PlayStation Five. I can believe it. Oh, that would be so bad. Why would that they would do suck. that? No, why would they do that? But they might. Think about the timetable on this. Ew, no. If they're parting it out. I wouldn't be a fan of that. I don't like that. But the timetable would make sense. It does, but I don't like that. I would rather they... I Maybe it'll be available on both. Just, Maybe it'll yeah, be available I would on rather both. they just port it to and five. They put, uh, and they put the first part on five after the fact. Nightmarish. All right, well, that's fine. Uh, um... Anything yeah. else? I hope that they just present. But other than that, no. I mean, that's it for me. There was really there was a couple of cool stuff going on though. Um, if you want to read my thoughts, check me on Twitter. I'm at beautiful Eric, and I'm at the Rich Meister Zero. Yeah. Uh, blogs are launching soon. Yes, they are. But I guess that's gonna about do it for today. Gonna stream soon too. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I tend to. Yeah, maybe I'll, maybe they'll motivate me to finish games. Um, Go go watch the God of War documentary. That's it. I'm really passionate we'll, we'll about it. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah? Castlevania Collector's Edition comes out on Thursday. I'm probably going to get it, so we I can talk about that. I think it's the 16th. That. Yep, play Kid Dracula. All right, bye, everybody. Good night. Jeepers, creepers, where'd you get this?